0: Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Well, hey, everyone. Just want to say happy Easter. Uh, my name is Caleb, one of the pastors here at Project Church. And it's really my pleasure to be able to be sharing from God's word today. Uh, man, I believe today, in, Uh, More than ever, we all need to hear Happy Easter. Um, Today, more than ever, we need to hear that Jesus is alive. And uh, we're doing something a little different today with this 360 Easter. We're recording here on the steps of our new building here in the waterfront, Old Sacramento, um, in downtown. And we're just so excited with what God's doing um, in us, in our church, even in a crazy time. And so I want to start by reading from John chapter 12. I'm going to read verse 12 through 15. I'm going to jump to verse 19 and then verse 23 through 25. It says this in John 12, starting in verse number 12. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him, and he had done to to him, had been done to him. Verse number 19. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are gaining nothing. Look. The world has gone after him. I'm going to jump down to verse 23. And Jesus answered them, "'The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, "'Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth "'and dies, it remains alone. "'But if it dies, it bears much fruit. "'Whoever loves his life loses it, "'and whoever hates his life in this world "'will keep it for eternal life.'" If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So I want to share from God's word today with you here in John chapter 12. And uh, I was singing about, you know, my wife and I, who she's actually up here with me. She was just singing. Um, I was thinking about our relationship. And we don't fight that often, honestly. Um, You know, occasionally we've had a few fights in our marriage. But we don't have a lot of big fights. But one thing my wife loves about me is I'll eat anything, all right? So it um, doesn't matter the restaurant. doesn't matter the type of food. She's Filipino, so she likes a lot of dish- different Asian dishes. And I'm always down, right? I'm always ready. Um, I'll eat anything that's put in front of me. I- I'll try anything new. And uh, in the beginning of our marriage, though, this was something that we fought over. Because we would often talk about, like, all right, where are we going to go to eat? And, uh, and, and so we try to figure out and it would take us forever to pick a restaurant. And so I've realized the issue there was my wife, she, she needs options, right? And so now whenever my wife says, what, where, where are we going to eat? I'm ready with, you know, three, four, five, six options. And I'll just lay them out there. Like, what about this, 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 and I'll lay them out. But then I say, you decide. And uh, this is uh, some great marriage advice for you husbands out there. Just let your wife decide. But but my wife, she, she needs options to decide from. And so I bring these and I say, you decide, right? Like here's some options, but you decide. Why? Because she's the pickier eater. Um, she wouldn't admit it, but she knows it's true. And, and so right now in this season, I it feels like we're all trying to figure a lot of stuff out. We're trying to make a lot of, Decisions like, what do we do with our time? What do we do with, uh, you know, planning? Knowing that everything's kind of in chaos right now with this virus, we even have a lot of extra time, it seems. And I think that some of you are trying to decide, like, what do I do with my time? And so you become Tiger People. Um, you're 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 trying to figure out, like, if Carol Baskin did it or not. Come on, somebody. Um, I don't know, but but in this time, like, we're trying to make decisions without really knowing all the options on the table we don't really know like I, I I got this I got that what am I supposed to do in this season a lot of a lot of decisions need to be made about our future and uh, and in the future and I remember you know being a, a college student and I was dating a girl and I, it was getting to that point where it was like I either marry marry or I don't and I remember asking God and saying like God what should I do because you all know any single people out there, like, you got to ask God, like, what do I do? Am I supposed to marry this girl or not? And I remember feeling like God said to me, you decide. And I didn't like that because I'm like, no, no, God, you got you got to tell me, right? Like, tell me what to do. I remember, and I said, and I decided not to, and then I found this one, and that was the best decision I ever made. But I was thinking about it, and, and I remember when we were trying to decide, like, should we start a church? We had this thing in our heart to start a church or not, but we also had some offers to become pastors at other churches to take staff positions. And it was one of those moments where we're like, God, what should we do? Should we start a church? Should we go to this other church? Should we become pastors here or there? And I remember feeling like God said, you decide. And I didn't like that because I'm like, no, God, tell me what to do. And here's what I found out about God in, in my years of living is that God gives us an incredible amount of freedom, incredible amount of freedom. And he gives us an incredible amount of decision-making power. And most of the time, God is like laying out some options, but he's saying like, you decide, you decide. And so I just read this passage and essentially Jesus is stating that, look, my time has come. It's time for me to lay down my life. And the disciples and everyone listening, Jesus wasn't just talking about himself. He was also talking about them. He was saying, not only has my time come, but also your time is coming. Your time is coming to make a decision, to decide. And what he was saying to the disciples was, you have to decide if you're going to live for me or not. You have to decide if you're going to live what I'm calling you to live or if you're going to live for the world. And I want to say the same thing to you because I think that what God is saying to us is that the time is now to decide. And I think Jesus is saying like, you decide. He's given us the choice. He's given us the freedom. He's essentially saying the same thing to us that he said to the disciples. And so I want you right now, wherever you are, turn to your neighbor. We got some people here with me. And tell them, you decide, all right? If in your living room, turn to your neighbor, say, you decide. If you are all by yourself watching this, I want you to text someone and say, You decide. And when they go, What are you talking about? be like, Watch this and send them the link to this sermon, okay? Do that. Text them. You decide. The time is now. That's what this passage is saying. Jesus is saying here that we see in verse number, uh, in chapter 12, Jesus is talking and he, and he says, Look, the time has come. The time is now for me to lay down my life. And I believe that the time is now for us to decide, for you to decide, for me to decide, what are we gonna do and how are we gonna live and who are we gonna follow? So John 19, I wanna jump a few chapters or to another gospel. Um, John 19, 12 through 16 actually says, now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, behold your king. And they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. So I was thinking about these two sections of scripture because I just read the passage, which um, is really from Palm Sunday. And any of you know, like Palm Sunday was last week. But if you've read the gospels, or you read this account, essentially they see Jesus as a savior. And so they start they grab some palm branches and they start waving them and they start crying out, Hosanna. And then a few days later, they're crying out, Away with him. Away with him. So one day they're going after him, and the next day, a few days later, they're crying out, Away with him. After him, away with him. And, and this passage that I read, the, the Pharisees are upset because. The the people are going after Jesus, it says they're following Jesus, says they're going after him, and then a few days later they're saying, Away with him. In this season of a global p- pandemic, I sense a people that are crying out, Hosanna. Because if you know anything about this word, this this word actually means save us. The people of Israel, the Jews were crying out for a savior because they were in desperate need of someone liberating them from the Roman occupation. And that's what they wanted. They wanted a political savior. And in the same way, we today are crying out, save us in the midst of a pandemic that is taking people's lives, um, that has thrown our economy into chaos, our lives into chaos. But the question in this season and after this season is the perspective that we'll have. Will we have the perspective that they had on Palm Sunday of going after him? Or will we have the perspective that maybe some of you listening to this have had in moments in your life and maybe at this very moment of your life of away with him? You see, in the midst of trial, in the midst of a valley, in the midst of a struggle, you either go after him or you say away with him. And I think that most of us are experiencing a valley right now. Most of us are experiencing a storm right now. Most of us are experiencing a trial right now. And so we have to decide, are we going to say away with him or are we going to go after him? Are we going to live like it's Palm Sunday or it's a few days later and we're crying away with him, crucify him? The time is now. And here's what I believe Jesus is saying. You decide. It is time to make a decision. And I think so many of us are listening to this and some of you are listening to this online and you've been putting off this decision. You've said, I'll make the decision eventually. Once I live my life, once I like try some things, once I've experienced, you know, some more out there in this world, then I'll decide. But I believe Jesus is calling us right now to a decision. This is a decision moment for me, for you, for all of us, and for this nation and world. Like are we going to go after him or are we gonna say away with him? And I don't want you to, to, to hear this and say, well, you know, eventually I'll make this, no, no, no. It's now, I believe this is all happening. God's using this and he's saying, it's time to make a decision, you decide. This is a marker in our lives. We will all never forget what is happening right now. We will never forget watching Easter online in 2020, right right before we were supposed to move into our building, we'll never forget this. This is a marker moment, a monumental moment. It's a decision moment for all of us as to what we're going to do and how we're going to live from this point forward. Do we go after him or do we do away with him? So this word of Hosanna we see in Psalm 118, 25. this root word um, for Hosanna which really is an urgent cry for help. They're saying, save us. They're saying, we need you to help us. Like we're desperate right now in this moment. And the the idea behind this word is that it would lead to the nation prospering and not being destroyed. That's what this word like is indicative of. That not only are they saying, save us, we're in desperate need of help, but also that the saving brings along with it This idea of prospering and and our nation not being destroyed. Man, now more than ever do we need to cry out Hosanna. Now more than ever. So we sing this and sometimes we sing this. We don't even know what it means. It means save us, Hosanna. We've sung that song before, Hosanna in the highest. What we're saying is save us. We need you. Prosper us. Don't let us be defeated or destroyed. Today and in your living room, I think some of us need to just say it out loud. Say Hosanna. Say save us. And, And this is related to your jobs. It's relating to your, your health. It's related to so many things, your finances. We need to cry out like the people of old did, like the Jews did here. But how many of you know that it took faith to wave palm branches and declare Hosanna over Jesus as he rode in on a cult fulfilling a prophecy? This took faith. And, and what I found is the challenge of faith is that it puts us in a position of vulnerability. Because when you're really believing for something, then if it doesn't happen, you are severely disappointed and discouraged. And it makes the letdown that much greater. That's the power of faith. Faith is a vulnerability moment. It's a humbling moment. Where we say, I'm going to trust in something other than myself. So here, these people waving palm branches, shouting Hosanna, shouting save us. And a few days later, they're saying, away with him, crucify him. The Jews in this moment, they do something that they never would have did. And if we read more of, of John chapter 19, we would see that, that as they cry crucify him, they actually said to Caesar, they said, Caesar is our only king, which went against everything that they stood for in their Jewish tradition. You see, they always believed God was their only king, that that God was the only one that they saluted and bowed down to. And yet in this moment of decision, where they say away with him, crucify him, they say, you know what? Caesar is our king. We'll bow down to him. We'll surrender to him. And I think in this moment, this, this monumental moment in our history, in our lives, this marker moment, Jesus is calling to us and he's saying, you decide, you decide who's going to be your king. You see, a lot of us have made the things of this world our king. We've made our finances our king. We've made our jobs our king. We've made sports our king. We've made all these other things gods in our life. We've made them the kings. But I want to tell you there's only one king, and he's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus, and this is a moment for you to decide. I won't go back because let's be real. Many of us, we've had other kings in our lives. Many of us, for the months and years leading up to this moment, we have other kings. And what this has done is it stripped away all the other gods and idols and kings in our lives. And right now, this marker moment, Jesus is saying, decide now if you're going to make me your king once and for all. Or if you're going to go back to the other kings, these earthly kings, these kings that will fail you and that there's no security in. How many know there's no security in the things of this world? This pandemic has showed us that, but in Jesus you are secure. In Jesus you have nothing to fear. With Jesus you can stand on the firm foundation. You see, to this day the Jews are waiting on a messianic king, one that already came. You know, I've had people ask me um, in this, like Caleb, do you think that God sent this? Do you do you think that God caused this? And and I don't know, honestly. I, I really don't know. And some people say, no, there's no way he would do that. I don't know. But I do know this for sure. I know he's allowed it. And I know this for sure. I know he's doing something through it. I know that he's going to bring beauty out of the ashes of this. I know that he's drawing a people, a remnant of people, back unto himself. And there is something stirring in the hearts of the people of this nation that has not been stirred in a long time. So did God cause this? I don't know. Did God allow this? Yes. And is God doing something through it? You better believe it. And so I would encourage you that in this moment that you allow him to do in you what he wants to do that you say god what you want what you need to do do it you have a choice today you can go away from jesus in this season and in doing so in some ways i'll be honest we wave the white flag over this virus we even wave the white flag over over the you know what i'm going to yield to the things of this world or we can pick up the palm branches and cry out Hosanna and cry out save us and have the faith that says, you know, some may trust in chariots and some in horses. I'm going Old Testament on you now. But as for us, we will trust in the name of the Lord, our God. That's what we do at this church. We trust in the name of our Lord, our God, our Savior, Jesus. I think that also in this moment, We can either pick up the palm branches of save us, or we can wave the white flag over our future. Listen to me, church. Don't let the news destroy your future. Don't let the the projections of the curve steal your dreams or kill your faith. No, No news station, no projection, no curve can take away the faith that you have if you put it and place it in Jesus Christ. Palm Sunday, they cry, Hosanna. A few days later, they cry, crucify him. And I want to ask you, what are you going to cry? What are you going to decide today? You know, I was looking at verse 26, and uh, it actually says here in chapter 12, it says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. And I gotta be honest, I hear people pray this prayer a lot. They say, like, Jesus, go with me. And I think I've prayed that prayer. Let's like, let's be real. I've prayed the prayer, like, Jesus, go with me. I wanna do this thing, like, go with me. But here's the thing about deciding is you have to decide if you wanna go, want Jesus to go with you, or if you wanna go with Jesus. I'm gonna say that again. The thing about decisions and deciding, and I'm calling you to to a decision moment here today, is you have to decide, am I going to just ask Jesus to go with me, or am I going to say, I want to go with you? I want to go where you're going, Jesus. And that's what it says here. It says, if anyone, Jesus is talking, he says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. You see, Jesus doesn't follow us. We follow Jesus. He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. We follow the good shepherd. Now, I just said at the, at the beginning of this, like, God gives us an incredible amount of free will and freedom, and He lets us make decisions. Yeah, He does. But He also lays out paths. And He lays out paths, and He says, Look, I'm laying out some paths for you, and I'm walking ahead of you, and I want to encourage you to walk down the straight and narrow path, and we have to decide to follow Jesus or follow ourselves. And in this, and in a deciding, um too many of us are saying jesus go with me instead of jesus show me where you are show me where you're going show me the right path something else as i was reading this watch this in in verse number 19 i jump forward and i talked to you about this it says the pharisees said to one another you see that they are gaining nothing the world has gone after him and I, I don't know about you, but I've had moments where I've actually felt like everyone is getting what they want but me. You ever feel that way? Like, why are they getting blessed all the time? Why are they getting what they, why are they getting their dreams? They're getting what their desires are. And I've had these moments of feeling like, man, everyone's getting what they want. What about me? But maybe what you want isn't what you need. And I was reading this and it, it, It hit me this week as I was reading that the Pharisees, they're talking to one another and they say, look, you are gaining nothing. They're talking to one another and say, you're gaining nothing, you're gaining nothing. Why? Because the world has gone after him. The world is going after Jesus and so we're gaining nothing. And so they're upset so they want to kill Jesus because everybody else is following him instead of following them. And it, it struck me, I've read this so many times, but it struck me for the first time in the way that I think it was meant to strike me and it's that if the world is your goal, then Jesus is gonna let you down. But if your whole goal in life is the things in this world, then to you Jesus will also be nothing. But if grace and forgiveness and second chances and third chances and comebacks and resurrection and empty tombs and eternity is your goal, then guess what, Jesus is everything. And so what happened here is they see this and they're like, they they say to each other, you're gaining nothing. Why? Because the world was their goal. And so when the world left them and followed Jesus, they had nothing. And so many of us are living this way, where the world is our goal. We're going after all the stuff in the world, and, and, and that's our goal. And so to us, Jesus is nothing. Because that's what we want, the world. But listen, if all these other things, eternity, things that last, second chances, resurrection, third chances is your goal, then Jesus is everything. You have to decide if you want to gain the world or gain Jesus. And I'm going I'm to tell you, I want to be honest with you, uh, those of us that know Jesus and have had a relationship with Jesus, we can all attest to this, that Jesus Jesus is so much greater than this world, and you have to decide today what you want. Will you go away from him, or will you go after him? In this season, in this state, in our world, you have a choice to go after him like they did on Palm Sunday, or to go away from him like they did on the day of his crucifixion. I was actually thinking about it, and like, Let's, let's just say this building is the world, all right? Like, man, that's a really nice building. We just bought this. We're renovating it right now. Like, let's just say this building is the world. But let's say Evan is Jesus. He's got a Jesus beard, so he kind of looks like Jesus. Uh, so I want you to picture this, and, and I think this is how a lot of us see it, is like, we look at Jesus and like, that's one person. And uh, like, I don't know, can he really do that much for me? I mean, I And then not only that, but like Jesus lived a few thousand years ago. From the outside looking in, when I'm looking in the natural, I'm going, well, I'm choosing the world over Jesus. Because there's not a lot there. And look at all this. Like I'm going to go with that. And this is how we're, we're thinking and processing as people. But what we don't know is that Jesus owns that and he owns all that. And not only that, but this building will be temporary and someday will decay and mold and break down and be destroyed. But he can give me something that will be eternal, that will last forever, that will never end. And so what's the, the problem is our perspective. Our perspective is limited and we see that and what we're missing is that he owns that and everything else out here. So listen, someone out there has watched this and I've been talking about like you decide and you're still saying, no, like, look, Caleb, like I can't, I'm the biggest screw up. I've messed up. I've made so many mistakes. I've got so much junk, so much sin, so much stuff in my life. Let me tell you something. If Jesus can use Peter, a mess up, a screw up that denied him in his greatest moment of need, if Jesus can you use Paul, a man who killed Christians, let me tell you, Jesus can use you. He's not done with you. He still has a plan for you. And I wanted to tell you that God wants to use you. He loves you. We've been going through the book of Mark as a church, and, uh, and I love the, the book of Mark. In fact, as we've been going verse by verse, it's something we do as a church, verse by verse through the through the scriptures. Um, in the last few weeks, we've been hitting on like a bunch of of miracles. And I was thinking about it today. And I was thinking about, a man, like this woman with the issue of blood. And she it's a decision moment for her. She knows Jesus is walking through a cloud, crowd and she crawls through the crowd just to touch Jesus' hand. And she touches him and she gets her miracle. It was because of her decision of faith that she received what she needed. I was thinking about um, Jairus' daughter. see, Jesus on his way to to help Jairus' daughter, this, this Roman ruler, and, and she dies on the way. But Jairus believes and he says, Jesus, I know you can still heal her. You can raise her from the dead. And he walks in and the people laugh at him when Jesus says, no, she's just sleeping. He brings her back to life and they rejoice. Why? Because Jairus chose faith. The feeding of the 5,000. Jesus actually tells the disciples, he says, you feed them. And they're like, we don't have anything to feed them with. Here's what I think Jesus was doing. He was actually giving them a chance to be the ones who he worked the miracle through, but they don't want to, they don't get it, they can't understand it. So Jesus says, okay, I'll show you. He does it, feeds the 5,000 with a couple of loaves, a few fish. It was a choice of faith. Jesus, he sends the disciples across on a boat and, and as they're on the boat in, in Mark chapter seven, they're, they're, going to, they're going across this, the sea of Galilee and, and they have this great storm coming there in fear and they, they don't know what's happening. And they're like, We're gonna die. And then Jesus comes walking. He says, you of little faith, just trust in me. There's a Syrophoenician woman. She's a Gentile and she goes to Jesus. She says, my daughter is demon possessed. Will you heal her? And and Jesus says to her, look, I came for the Jews. I didn't come for the Gentiles yet. It's not your turn. Wait, he says, it's not right to give the bread to the dogs. And this woman makes the decision of faith. He says, yes, but even the dogs will take the crumbs from the master's table. The crumbs are enough, and Jesus says, because of your faith, your daughter is made well right now. You see, when you choose faith, you choose now faith, God can do something through that. So I just wanna give you an opportunity right now to respond. This moment has made us all realize so much that we had no security. That what we're standing on, this earth, is, is shifting sand. The earth is shaking. Listen to me, church. The earth is shaking. There is a rumble happening. But I wanted to tell you that we stand on the immovable cornerstone of Jesus Christ. When you put your faith in him, now is the time. He is the immovable one. He is the steadfast one. He is the firm foundation, the rock that never changes. This is your moment. And I want to say to you, you decide. I want to say to everyone out there, you decide. Some of you feel like I've wasted too much time. God can still redeem your story and make it a part of your miracle. Jesus is looking at you, not from a wooden cross any longer, but from an empty tomb. And today is Easter Sunday where we rejoice and we celebrate that our God is alive. And I want to tell you, he went to that cross and paid the price for you. But he's given you the opportunity to decide. He's saying, you choose. You decide. Are you going to be for me? Are you going to go after me? Or are you going to say away with me? He's saying I just wanted to show you how much I love you, how good I am. You see he overcame death, but he also endured death for you, for me, just to prove who he was. You decide. Listen to me, you decide. Everybody out there, you decide. New beginnings, you decide. A new opportunity, you decide. A comeback, a miracle, you decide. All it takes is faith. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So Jesus today is saying, you decide, me or the world, come to me or push away from me. Everything matters right now. This decision matters, this moment matters right now. And I want to ask you that you would respond. You would respond to Jesus. You would respond with with a mindset that says, he's alive, he is who he said he was, And, and he died for me and he loves me. Today is your moment. You decide. I want to pray for you. If you're out there and you're listening to this, And you say, Caleb, I need Jesus. Maybe you've been running from him. Maybe you've turned your back on him. Maybe you never had a relationship with him. Maybe you've been vacillating. You've been one foot in the world and one foot in with with God. You've had your moments of faith, but then more often you've pushed back on faith. You've said even, well, not yet. Eventually I'll make that decision. But today you are wanting to make that decision once and for all. We want to pray for you. This is what it's all about for us that you would respond, you would decide, you would make the decision that Jesus wants you to make. The Bible says that God's will is that none should perish, that he came and gave his son for you. Why? Because he wanted you to choose him because he first chose you. He chose me, he chose us. So would you pray this prayer with me? If you're out there and you don't know Jesus, or maybe you need to recommit yourself to Jesus right now, I just wanna ask you, you would repeat this prayer after me, right where you are, Watching from a screen, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. I want to ask you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, change me. I'm nothing without you. Today, I decide you. Today, I decide to follow you, to seek you, to go after you, not to push away from you. May this moment be a marker in my life where I turn 180 and went after you. I love you, Jesus, and I praise you, and I pray all this in your name. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, this is the best decision you could ever make. We love you so much. We're praying for you. The Bible says when one name is added to the book of life, the angels in heaven rejoice. And so we're rejoicing and celebrating with you right now in this moment. We love you guys. God bless you. We hope to see you online very soon. Make sure you comment below. Click the link if you gave your life to Jesus. We want to connect with you and give you more information about what a relationship with Jesus looks like. But hey, we're praying for you, and we speak a prayer of blessing over you today, church. God bless you. Happy Easter. Jesus is alive. We hope this word encouraged you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is going to be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.